I'm Adam Epstein, and I'm a dirty moderate. Dirty moderates, welcome to Stay Dirty and Stay Moderate. Trouble across the pond, but there is honor. That is what is going on in the world today. The resignation of Prime Minister of Great Britain, Boris Johnson, is a testament not just to the fact that when there is scandal, a politician steps down. It is testament to the fact that in politics, in this cynical time, in this time where people have lost faith in the system, and this is the sort of overall system, obviously, because we're talking about England, leaders will be held accountable. How is this relevant? Well, it is a guidepost, if it or should be at least, for the Trump Republican Party. It is a lesson that has been lost on this party as they have weighed repeatedly how to deal with the defeated, lying, crybaby of a president, the one-term Donald John Trump, who I believe remains an albatross around their neck. Now, Johnson's resignation, which came today, this is Thursday, uh, became because he lost support. His support collapsed, okay? The Conservative Party in Great Britain, also known as the Tory Party, and Britain has a number of parties in a parliamentary system, unlike the United States, which has two parties in a Congress. Boris Johnson lost the base. He lost the party leadership. He lost it all, okay? Not anything, even in the same realm, happened to Trump. You may remember, not during his first impeachment, when he asked Zelensky, to dig up dirt on the Bidens, or rather extorted Zelensky. The second impeachment, which was for inciting an insurrection, nothing, nothing. In each case, all but a handful of Republicans, we know them, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, and those who are else, a few others who are retiring, they all stood behind Trump. They never said no. They never said you are accountable. Now, Johnson's been on the decline. For those that don't know, there were a series of very strict lockdowns during COVID, which People thought a conservative government wouldn't have done. It would have come more from a, a liberal or labor-leaning government, which tends to favor a much bigger government intervention into society. But they did, for safety reasons, do a bunch of lockdowns. But as everybody was locking down in a very, very, very strict way, okay, there were like rules of who could be in what house and with who and what family member. Anyway, all these strict rules were put in place. And what, what happened? Well... Boris allowed, they say eight could be 10 by some estimates, parties, parties going on on government grounds. So they're ballyhooing and partying, drinking over there at 10 Downing Street and elsewhere. And people are barely allowed to leave their house, but for groceries, barely allowed to see anybody, but those in their pod, you might say, wow, that was one. Then there's a fella, uh, a whip, a whip who whips up votes. We have that here in Parliament, a, a guy you can't make this up by the last name of Pincher, who pinched butts, apparently. I mean, no, I don't know specifically, but he's had sexual assault allegations, groping men. He was a Johnson choice. So all of this and Johnson's declining standing led to his collapse. But the party held him accountable. Can you believe that? We haven't seen that. We've we have no analog to that in modern times, but we do have an analog to it in the Republican Party of yore. That is Richard Nixon, famously, who resigned the presidency on August 9th, 1974, just days before, okay, Republicans 
prominent Republicans, but most prominently Barry Goldwater, who was a senator from Arizona and famously the 1964 Republican presidential nominee, leading conservative voice in the old Republican Party, went to the White House and said, Dick, you got to go. You got to go. It's over. And, you know, the tapes had come out. Alexander Butterfield had testified to a taping system that he had himself installed. He was a Nixon deputy or deputy Nixon chief of staff. Nixon didn't want to release the tapes. The Supreme Court eight to zero then said you had to. Nixon didn't want to. He resigned. And, you know, Nixon chose that. He said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to leave you and Gerald Ford will become president. The party said, you got to go. Trump has never experienced what Johnson went through, never had to do what Nixon did, because at no time have Republican leaders, leaders, remember Liz Cheney was in the conference and she took, she, she was voted out, but senators, house members, governors, state legislators collectively, have they really tried to confront him? Now, we learned in the January 6th hearings that there was talk in Trump's cabinet about invoking the 25th Amendment and then saying he was unfit for office, but it came to nothing as if that was the only time they could have invoked the 25th Amendment. But we did learn that, and I, I thought, oh, okay, and you all know who listen to this podcast. We're covering that thoroughly and intensely. I thought that was an important revelation, but yet nothing was done, right? Lawmakers, the day of the attack, you may remember, took to the Senate floor Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, and condemned what they saw, which would have potentially taken their own lives, by the way. You know that. They condemned it. And then over time... And what happened? They went back into their little slouch, their Trump-loving posture, their comportment in the name of Trumpism. Yep. Now, Johnson was elected with a big, big majority. For those that don't know, so in Parliament, there are a number of parties. The Tories are the Conservative Party. There is a Labour Party. Okay. And then there is a Lib Dem party, which is a centrist party. And there's a far right party called UKIP, UK Independence Party. And there's some others. There's an Irish party. And there's a Scottish National Party. Again, we can go on here. It's very interesting. It's a parliamentary system. Boris Johnson, who is the who has been the prime minister, also represents a district in, in England. That's how it works. So when you've had Thatcher or any of these people, they're not like United States presidents where there's a separation of powers. They actually are part of the legislative branch. It's a parliamentary democracy, which means the queen or the king, the royal, actually could technically dissolve it. But since 1688, which was when the Glorious Revolution took power exclusively away from the kings, parliament really calls the shots. So the prime minister is part of parliament. You may have seen the movie. The parliament uh, uh, chooses a party leader, and the party leader ends up being prime minister in many cases. Uh, not all cases. For example, the next prime minister uh, will be chosen first because conservative party members who are elected in parliament will narrow it down to two people. And then those two people will be voted on by the entire membership of conservative members in the entire United Kingdom, right? So the party's really going to say, here are your choices. They're not going to have free reign to give free reign to the people. But at the end, they're going to be two people and everyone's going to weigh in. Registered conservative voters across the United Kingdom are going to get to choose who will be their next prime minister. Very different from here. I mean, it's kind of a primary, but but not. Now, Johnson, though, was elected hugely in 2019. He won an 80-seat majority, which was the biggest conservative landslide in a long time. I think since Margaret Thatcher first took office in 1979. But this was big. And it was big because Brexit was going on. The idea that England should be separate from the 28-member European Union, or what was then the 28-member European Union, based in Brussels, where they received financial aid and support, all like a United States of Europe, kind of. They didn't want it anymore. What happened? 
Johnson promised to pick up where Theresa May, who resigned because she was seen as someone who couldn't really win a general election and wasn't fulfilling the promise of Brexit. Johnson came in, said, I'm going to do that and delivered a huge victory, huge victory. The turnout in that election, for example, way surpassed the United States turnout. But in other instances, there's been meager turnout for British elections. Again, there's local elections, parliamentary elections. Yeah. So it, it depends on the election. This was huge. Okay. But Johnson became a liability and he's rocked by scandal and he proved himself unworthy of the conservative mantle. Think about that. Earlier this month, he survived a no confidence vote, but then a couple of his cabinet ministers resigned. And there was an exodus of like 50 people from the Boris Johnson administration, you might call it. It was over. Again, this fellow Chris Pincher, right? You can't make this up. The Pincher also kind of came at the end. Republicans are not there. They haven't weighed the consequences in their moral cowardice and their cravenness and their soullessness of challenging someone who remains the dominant force in their party, right? Listen to this. CBS poll in February said that almost 70% of Republicans polled would support Trump again in 2024. 77 out of 10 Republicans. Okay. CBS News poll also reported, a different poll, that 61% of Republicans support pardons for January 6th, okay? Another CBS poll reported that 72% of Republicans said all the investigation going on as it relates to January 6th in terms of candidates and congressmen and all their involvement, all of that should be dropped. Wow, right? When we know that the President of the United States was going to march with marchers. He didn't care that they had weapons. He wanted to go to the Capitol himself, as we learned from Cassidy Hutchison's testimony, breathtaking testimony, I might add, right? Now, Johnson and Trump were often compared. I have to let everybody know I was an expat. If you don't know that, I lived in London from 2014 to 2016. I was nearly married, and I moved over there with my uh, my British gent of a fiancé. Boris Johnson was at the end of his mayoralty of London, being the mayor in leftward-leaning London. He was rather good, actually. You know, floppy hair, kind of a buffoon, but unlike Trump, very well-educated, very well-published, a much greater intellect, kind of fancied himself a Winston Churchill. It's not exactly what Britain got, you know, but he did come off as a kind of bloviating buffoon, but he never, ever, ever was as stupid, in my view, or represented the kind of threat to democracy that Donald Trump represents, right? Johnson's arrogant in the way he doesn't really like to apologize, though he will. If he does, he only wants it because he can survive. His resignation speech, if you listen to it, was really not that apologetic. Trump's even less capable of mistakes, right? Of saying, hey, I design wrong. When does he do that? But different political systems mean different things. They mean different things. And folks, everyone knows I'm an independent. It's even though I have voted through the years for more Democrats than Republicans, I have voted Republican before. And it gives me no pleasure. And I want to say that to everybody who listens because this has been going on as relates to Liz Cheney. It gives me no pleasure to see the collapse of one of two major political parties. The Republican Party, founded in 1854, in an effort to thwart the expansion of slavery in the United States, of new states coming in that would institute this horrible system that would then, by their first elected president, Abraham Lincoln, go to war in the name of preserving the Union, right? And then a party that I still believe has a noble, a noble lineage, a party that was not the party of white supremacy. They were the party that wanted reconstruction of work, that wanted the 4 million former slaves to be freedmen, right? To have a shot 
at that American dream to make that constitution, that parchment worthwhile. I know it sounds crazy, but they did. There would be no Civil Rights Act, no Voting Rights Act, and I mean this in the 20th century, no Fair Housing Act without the Republicans. Even young congressmen like then Gerald Ford of Grand Rapids, Michigan, later President Ford, young Robert Dole of Kansas, better known as old Bob Dole of the Senate, voted for all the civil rights bills while representing almost exclusively white congressional districts. And we need the struggle, folks, and that balance, the push and pull of strong parties. But conservatism should not be dismissed. Why? Because the Trump-publican party, the Trump-surrectionists, Trumpism and all of its scourge and form is not conservative. They want to tear the American experiment down. Conservatives want to conserve it. They believe in the rule of law, in our institutions. And folks, I'm an institutionalist. I, for one, was loathing it back in yesteryear when we were told that John McCain was the devil. Bob Dole was the devil. These are the Republican presidential candidates who were defeated. Mitt Romney, right, was Satan. He would be the downfall of democracy. Folks, look how that sounds now. They were center-right alternatives to the Democrats' idea of a larger government. Sure, their social policies may have been slightly more retrograde than certainly they are now, but think about it. They were a balance. There was a center-right balance. Conservatism's noble tradition really begins in the middle of the 20th century when the late William F. Buckley Jr., famously editor of National Review, purged the Republican Party and the conservative movement, which by then had merged. Okay, this is during the Eisenhower era, pre-Goldwater, purged it of kooks, cranks, reprobates, clowns, anti-Semites, racists. He made an effort to get them out so as to give conservatism an intellectual respectability to create a movement that could be in opposition to what was then New Deal liberalism and Johnson's Great Society, whether you agree with it or not, they were an alternative, right? They won elections. They elected governors. They had people like Dwight Eisenhower and and eventually Richard Nixon, who really at the end, though pathological, was a moderate. Ford was certainly a moderate. Uh, All the way to, I would say, H.W. Bush, Reagan was Reagan. But if you think about this, Buckley wanted a clean bill of health, right? Because the conservative movement had fallen into this place where the crazies were running. it. Well, this isn't conservatism now, folks. This is, this is fascism. And conservatives are trying to conserve the American experiment. Republicans are not for the real Christians out there. Since the Republican Party, I talked a lot about this in last week's Stay Dirty, Stay Moderate, made a pact, a Faustian pact with highly right-wing religious activists who came in wanting segregated schools in the South, came in to push school prayer, the end of Roe, which they achieved, opposition to feminism and the gay rights movement, right? They formed this Faustian pact. And you know what? Real Christians out there, right, don't want this. They know who the devil is. The devil is the Trump publican, right? If you want to look at the faith-based lens, they know that. And the bottom line is that the party is still prepared. And I want you all to hear this. Ron DeSantis is there. But I don't know if Ron DeSantis is going to be, though he's going to be well-funded, though he's likely to win a big re-election in Florida and be a strong candidate. He's certainly becoming or has been acting as if he's a full-on warrior in the culture wars with don't say gay and 
making professors and students register their political views and using the heavy hand of government to punish opponents and enemies as fascist do. He's, he's using the Trumpian playbook. He's even going farther because he's the sort of smarter, more disciplined Trump. Trump is not out of the running, folks. And if Trump does get any kind of indictment or does uh, face any real charges, and he may, these January 6th hearings are more than damning, he will martyr himself as he did in his two impeachments. And he will be martyred by a base of people who love him, who worship him in a cult, who want him exalted and want him to return to the White House and help them achieve this un-American America. It's not the America that John McCain wanted. It's not the America that the late, great Bob Dole wanted. Certainly not the America that now Senator Mitt Romney wanted. It's not the, it's not the America that either Bush wanted. It's not the America, certainly, that Gerald Ford, Dick Nixon wanted. It is a far cry from what Abraham Lincoln, my favorite president, by the way, Ulysses S. Grant, another great Republican, Teddy Roosevelt, the great Teddy Roosevelt, and of course, Dwight David Eisenhower. You think any of those Republicans would want this? A narrow, myopic, discriminatory Christian America? I mean, the 1956 Republican platform called for protecting Social Security, extending unemployment insurance, right? Making a pact with the idea that we should have a social safety net, nodding toward the idea that there was credibility to the civil rights movement, which, of course, though Lyndon Johnson was a Democrat who signed the bill, without the Republicans in the House and Senate, there would have been no Civil Rights Act. Parties have changed. Soon as race became core to the Democratic Party's ideal, fairness, justice, equality, those people flocked and became Republicans. Republicans became a Southern party, a Western party, a different kind of party. But in there are the nuggets, right? The kernels of conservatism. Tory conservatism in Britain is different, right? They believe in climate change. They're more socially liberal. They have a much less religious idea of what a country should be. But they are grounded in the idea of what Thatcher said, right? Margaret Thatcher came along after England had fallen into socialist disrepair. Since World War II, Clement Attlee was the British prime minister that started national health insurance and expand, started expanding the government. And those programs were important and helped a lot of people. By the time Thatcher came in, though, the average guy, average person still could not own their house. The houses were owned where they were called council houses, which meant that if you weren't uber rich, right, the council, the local council owned it, you were essentially like leasing it from them. Well, you can own your house now. Imagine that. That's only, whatever, 45 years old now. So conservatism always, in my view, which is why I'm independent, believes in its fundamental essence in limited government, individual responsibility. Let people make those decisions. An American conservative strong defense. The reason I could never be in this movement, certainly not the Trump movement, but even in previous years, it's too religious, too socially conservative, too willing, as you can see now made manifest in what they're trying to do, to use the government to discriminate, to pick on trans people, pass draconian laws, criminalizing abortion. And you know what? It is time, if ever, the time is now to call for a American partnership, a nonpartisan coalition against the Trump party. No matter what party you are in, you are against Trump. You are against Trumpism and Trumpublicanism. We have to do this as a country. Progressives, listen to me. You're chafing at Liz Cheney for something she said three years ago. She is a warrior 
for democracy. Without democracy, you're not getting your Build Back Better bill. You're not getting your student debt canceled. You're not getting any of these progressive things that you want, that you believe are worth fighting for. You're not getting it. To conservatives who still support this man, you need to do what the conservatives did, which was hold Boris Johnson accountable for rank hypocrisy, poor character, noxious leadership, undermining faith in British institutions. They are our ally. Be better than Trump, right? Let's have an Anglo-American experiment for the conservative movement across the world. A movement that should retain its honor, be a center-right alternative to the Democrats here and the Labour Party in England, though the parties are not the same, but still, but actually represent the John McCain Republic, the Bob Dole Republic. The Liz Cheney Republican. You don't have to agree with these people to know they loved America. And you don't have to be any kind of keen observer or expert in American politics to know that Trump wants to tear it down. Folks, I want to say, as always, Dirty Moderates, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast and share the show with anyone you think is politically homeless, too. There's so many of us out there. That's why the podcast was created. If you're a politically homeless, Dirty Moderate, we are here for you. And follow us at Dirty Moderate on Twitter, at Dirty Moderate on Instagram. Vote.org, by the way. Don't forget to vote. Register people to vote. Vote Vote.org. Get every neighbor voting. Get every person. Anybody. We're all in this together. It's America or Trumpism, right? Not America or conservatism, America or Trumpism, and you can't have both. Folks, thanks for joining me. Stay dirty, stay moderate, and stay safe.